Man, that never gets old. Never. That's an intro for you. It's the FYA podcast, and we're back. It's a brand new year, 2017. Say hello to your fans, Mikey Beats. Hello there, fans, all two of you. It went down. Hey, that didn't happen. Um, we had a crazy amount of interaction in the last three weeks. So much so that I felt particularly compelled to get you in a room and do a podcast. Like people were ready for a new one, and there's been a ton of traction. Over a thousand uh, interactions on the podcast from last time. Get out. So we had to actually go do something. Wow. Well, I'd like to thank y'all. I hope we live up to your expectations. It's probably only three, but it, I mean, there's like somebody lying to us. we using the word metrics in a sentence that said a thousand. I'm just nodding along. Metrics sounds important. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so um, what'd you do for New Year's? New Year's. I was at the Hyatt Regency downtown San Diego. Did you do a lot of mic work? No, very little. Actually, I just no pumped countdown. people up. Uh, did a countdown. Definitely did a countdown. Kind of gave them like, hey, we got one hour till 2017. We got 50 minutes until 2017. Hey, we got 40 minutes until 2017. Yeah, we did none of that. We got a 10 second countdown that was so after the fact. <laughs> and I mean, we, you know, obviously we had Justin Martin totally sold out, big old crowd. And we always sort of in the back of our mind know that they don't really care about the New Year's part of it. They're just doing a set. Right. And it was super evident. He's like, hey, 10 seconds. It was the first anyone said at all. Anything. <laughs> And it you wasn't gotta, you got it. You know. The crowd's right there with them. They're like, "Well, that's kind of uh, it's all right. Ten seconds, get it over with. Now get back to it, right?" But right. the the big news was, um, it has been raining for forty days and forty nights. It's weird. I don't know what it is. I made a sugar. I'm like melting out there. <laughs> um, and specifically, you know, as a promoter, I'm sure you understand this. Like, what happens if it rains at an oyster fest? Oh, right. Uh, hey, your eyes yeah. got really big. Hey, listener, it, his eyes got really big. <laughs> it was an awakening. Well, it's scary. Right. I mean, just this past week, though, I had um, New Year's on a $60 ticket, uh, basically in six hours of continuous rain with a tent out front so that people coming in weren't getting drenched. Right. And uh, I had the day before, you know, which is kind of a hard day to promote anyway because people are saving their money for New Year's. I had... Um, same thing, just complete rain situation. I had to issue a company-wide alert. Hey, look, you guys, we're going to be working in the rain. Have your, It's like Caltrans. Right. You know, just trying to prepare a giant facility to accommodate thousands of people in, in a complete pissing match. It's rough out there. I know a lot of events that went down, and they didn't get the walk-up they needed to uh, break even. Which brings me to the first story of the night. Oh. Um, I know it's probably pretty quick, but um, I got my start uh, doing New Year's shows uh, in real. I, I did the, the first New Year's shows that I did uh, was horrible. It was a couple of local bands because I didn't really have a plan and got kind of in trouble for it. And then the next year we were going to go big. So we spent a bunch of money and we went and got the biggest band that would agree to play for us at the Vibe Room. And that band was Buck Cherry. Hmm. And um, Buck Cherry had already been famous and then been not famous once by the time we got around to talking to him. And um, for whatever reason, they agreed for, believe me, 
$5,000 to play New Year's at the Viper Room um, in 2005. Wow. And so there we go. Hey, that's our New Year's show. And that's great for the Viper Room. We were going to do pretty well anyway. Um, so there we go, starting to sell tickets, starting to get the thing to sell out. Uh, it was all right. We were getting about 100 bucks a head to see the thing. We're going to do pretty well with the show. What's the cap there? Uh 250 hmm. but it rained it rained bad Ooh. and we were indoors yet the people who promote the giant dance event in downtown los angeles spun day and giant had an outdoor new year's Eesh. with no insurance Eesh. for 6500 people Wah, wah, wah. on a $50 ticket. Oof. So the fire marshal canceled their event at around 9.45 due to unsafe conditions and sent that many super rich and pissed off revelers into the city looking for a replacement. So right around 10 o'clock, we start getting phone calls and started getting lineups as people are like, Buck Cherry, tickets left, we'll be there. So we had a line of like about 100 people at about 11. And we were just capacity to the gills. And this other funny thing happened too. The reason that anyone cared, like you wouldn't really think that the people from Giant, the, the dance people that are going to see Paul Oakenfold would want to turn around and go to a Buck Cherry show. But the, in total blind luck fashion that's followed us everywhere, Buckcherry had a single, Crazy Bitch. True. Stripper's dream. The day that they played New Year's at the Viper Room, it was number one in the country. They had a surprise breakout hit. Huh. And it was like the biggest thing ever. Right. So anyway, we were the replacement show for the show that got rained out in downtown uh, Los Angeles. And then we should have been laughing all the way to the bank, except... For some reason, the guy I was working with at the venue decided he was going to do an all-you-can-drink deal. Oh. So he was handing out $110 wristbands, and you could keep going to the bar all night. Oh. And people were buying them, and some people were getting kind of drunk. So one of the guys who had one of these wristbands, who got really drunk, who was also by himself, like loner, buck cherry, New Year's, like recipe for complete disaster. Rap sheet, yeah, Megan's Law. He broke Buck Cherry's uh, Gibson Les Paul guitar off of their rack. He flat out broke it. It was caught on film. Oh. And it, it's a like nominally a $4,000 guitar. Yeah. But it was the guitar. The guitar that made them famous. <laughs> it was, it was in all the videos. Bitch. Yeah. It wasn't just crazy bitch. You know, um, it was the lit up one. Right. And it was that guitar from the video. And so, you know, they got the same management as Motley Crue and the same lawyers. And these people just descended on us. Yeah, I thought you were doing pretty well at New Year's. Yeah, here's the bill. Oh. Yeah. That thing haunted us for 18 months. How did he break the guitar? Uh, just stumble into it? We, at, the, at the Viper Room, they Stayed have dead. this... Um, not from NASA idea to put the guitar world rack, the rack that holds like seven or eight guitars in a row, right by the exit door. So any drunk who's going out to smoke 
has the opportunity to like lose his place, lose his weight, and have his weight fall into the neck of a guitar. Not to mention, on a cold night, you open up that door and that cold breeze comes in, those guitars go out of tune. <laughs> Might be the least of our worries. That's true. Well, that night, but other guitar <laughs> techs that are listening right now are all stoked. Hey, he knows his shit. That's... It was absolutely astounding. Anyway, uh, we got out of the them suing us and found a way to actually have them come play for us again. And um, But just the weirdness of it raining on New Year's, I was thinking back to that whole Viper Room phase of um, the madness of 6,500 people that are suddenly displaced. I don't even know if I got that number right. I'll, I'll, as we always do, we'll put the links up on the website and I'll, I'll show you the big cancellation thing. The, there was a huge news story that went on for... Um, Months and months and months as the press figured out that the guy who was the promoter for the downtown thing had no insurance and took a ticket bath. Because when that happens, you have to refund the tickets, but you still have to pay the bands. Right. So they probably were 200, 250 in on artist guarantees. Right. And I can't do that math that fast in my head, but a half a million the other way in... um, uh, tickets that they had to then give back and there was a scandal and the tickets didn't get refunded all that quickly and then the ticket buyers united and got like class action style and then suddenly the refunds made it out before it got any worse but it was a big big deal that is worst case scenario that is what insurance is for <laughs> well that's yeah that's crazier than my new year's eve i was playing for a bunch of 30 and ups inside of a hotel lobby it's fun though people do that right Oh, dude, it gets crazy in there. Like, it's but a lot but of they fun. don't know each other. No, complete strangers. There's this couple. I've played the same gig five years in a row. I just like it. And there's this couple that's been there every year. And they come down from Huntington Beach, and they're like, this is what we do. We come to listen to you and just dance our asses off. And they show up, just the two of them, and they meet everybody because they're social, so, so social, social <laughs> and uh, drunk. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's, You're uh, not drinking right now. I'm not drinking beer. I'll have vodka and water with a lemon. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, Because I'm fat. I'll, t- I'll tell you, man, I'm heated right now. I'm hot under the collar. I've, uh, I'm on this diet, man. I'm, I'm hashtag dad fat. Right. And, uh, you know, I had a, for dinner I had a carrot, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't very filling. I'm used to sticking carrots in my ass, not my mouth. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm irritable. I'm hungry. Oh, man. I, um... I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I've eaten enough for seven people all through the holiday season. Yeah, it's uh, my clothes don't fit. Um, people notice the wrong people notice. I thought you were working out. That's what I thought. I thought you. No, were. I I work out all the time. Yeah, it doesn't help. Mm. It doesn't help. I I think we can find communion on this. I can out eat any healthy initiative I can take on. <laughs> No doubt about it. I love to eat, man. I've got 3,500 calories to resist whatever jogging, basketball, surfing, right. or not drinking beer. Although that's not me. That's you. That's uh, me. Yeah. I, I, I need the break right now, though. I'm telling you. I, I was... I was breastfeeding the other day. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was uh, <laughs> I was feeding my my three month old daughter, and I was shirtless, and she started sucking on my nipple. <laughs> That's I was offended and embarrassed, and she doesn't even speak. She just got to film that stuff. It's gnarly. That's the good stuff. Not really. She oh, got through man. the hair to the nipple. I was like, <laughs> really? Come on, man. I got swits, man. You know what swits are? No, swits are sweat underneath the tits. I mean, that's just <laughs> it's gnarly. 
I need a freaking push-up bra off you my girdle. You are hot under the collar. I'm, <laughs> this is me hungry. I'm like, <laughs> fucking feed me. I had That's a, what you said. You said, like, the, the thing you said before we walked in this room to podcast was, you said, carne asada plate, and then I'm going to break two eggs over it. That wasn't real, right? That's fantasy. No, 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 no. I, w- I will go eat that after this. I will go get a carne asada plate, uh, no beans, no rice, no tortilla, with two eggs on top. See what I do is I just cut out the complex carbs, and uh, and then work out. That sounds sort of like you're on the right path, except for one problem: extra salsa. No, it's the time of day. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. No, you I can do that at noon. I won't go do that right now. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> to, for those of you who couldn't see, that was lying face. <laughs> that was definitely lying face. Oh yeah, yeah, emoji, fat kid emoji. So all this rain, it's been raining forever. It, in, I'm so relieved that it's two years. Like last year was El Nino, and we got some rain, and it just wasn't enough. And we all knew it wasn't enough, but it was something. The reservoirs got something. Yeah. Um, and then this year has just been nonstop. And uh, it's getting dumped on. Right. They're saying oh. that this next storm, not this one, but the next one, is a one-in-ten-year storm. Sick. So the and it's not actually going to hit San Diego, but that doesn't matter, right? We what does matter is the, the Sierra Nevadas are going to get six feet of snow, yeah. in the next storm. I heard bigger figures. I heard Mammoth was supposed to get twenty. No, there's feet. three storms. Oh, that's okay. the first one. Oh, that's the first one. See, I predicted this too because I remember back in 1996 when we had a La Nina, or no, maybe it was 96, maybe it was 98, 96 or 98. But we had a La Nina, which is what we're having right now. And I remember driving up to a snowboard up in Tahoe. And I remember those snow drifts on the side of the road, man. Those were like 20-foot snow drifts. And I was saying this last year. I was saying this is snowboarding season is going to be insane. So, Well, that's definitely what's happening. This is definitely what they call Pineapple Express uh, moisture. Right. It, it's a hose from the ocean, which has been my big elon musk level idea as to how to solve the drought anyway is to sort of figure out a way to capture um what happens uh near buffalo off of um the great lakes every year over there where they they call it a snow hose and they can get five hour uh five feet of snow in 24 hours just based on lake effect snow up there i've always wondered how come we couldn't figure out a way to channel that to solve the debt uh debt crisis uh, drought crisis right in um in california and so it's actually happening by natural means but it should be a great reinforcement of like if if there was a way to replace all the depleted groundwater and uh, the snowpacks and all that stuff this is it so whatever's happening right now we should figure out a way to make that happen at least once every 36 months right you were in college in the 80s right is that what it was Wow. Okay. So back in the eighties, we had, <laughs> we had a huge California drought and uh, I remember the commercials, uh, maybe it's early nineties, late eighties or something like that. I remember the commercials and there was a jingle and I remember as an elementary school and it was, don't be a water hog. And we had like stickers and all this stuff. And they were so concerned about the drought. We're so concerned. We've been, you know, five years in the drought and all this stuff. And then it just came in a cycle. All of a sudden, all that water and the pineapple, the pineapple express, La Nina. Yeah, and um, the that's the good side of it. You know, you should be you should feel warm all over because they've got that happening, and it's not stopping. And there's some snowpack developing, but then they measured it. There's a spot um, we'll put it up uh, 
it's called the Great Barometer for the snowpack, and um, they measured it this week, and it's only at fifty three percent. Yep, so for the year. No matter what you think has already been accomplished, we're nowhere near where we need to be to have just a single above average year. Right. Like this, as wet as it is, it's not wet enough just for the one year, and it's not going to feed any other years no matter what. But it's January 5th, and we're 54%. That's January 5th that we recorded this podcast, by the way. Um, you know, I don't actually have that context in tow. I always thought I was that looking it was, at it. I, I saw- thought it was a seasonal, so I got to defer to you. Is it seasonal? Right. Oh, I thought it was anal. I mean, annual. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching KPBS. I love that. They I love- have anal on KPBS. <laughs> I wish that weather girl, something (laughs) shocker. She's hot. Oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, I'm yeah. Nerd alert. I watch KPBS news every single day. Yeah. My wife's really into BBC. They don't do anal. A big black cock. (laughs) You need to talk to her about that. (laughs) I've got to forget. I've got to never forget that you're going to take the PB is never going to leave you. No. The 92109 is never going to leave you. No, no, no. So, like, no matter what happens, you could live in Linda Vista forever, but everything that ever happened at um, London's West End is going to come back on a moment's notice to oh, a yeah. recall. Oh, absolutely. I am the beach. I am uh, I'm PB. So, yes, that is me. You don't miss it yet, do you? I don't miss it at all. It's the wrong season. You're not going to say that in July, so don't get yourself worked up right now. I, you know, okay, here's the thing. May, June, July roll around in San Diego, and I'm in Linda Vista. Guess what? I've got the sun. Because you know living where we used to, where I used to live and right by where you, Marine Lair. Right. Hits hard. Right. In Linda Vista, you're right. It, it pokes out. Yeah, I get I get sun. So, but no, I will. Yeah, come summertime, I'm definitely going to be missing uh, the beach access. Going to do I your annual event, uh, the drinking one on yeah, the beach on the sand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have um, ones coming up. Um, I think the weekend of uh, oh geez, April April twentieth, April Fool's Day. Wow. No, that's not April Fool's Day. That's four twenty. Oh, it's four twenty. Hey, holy smokes! But yes, we will be able to drink. Um, beer and alcohol on the beach single fin surf girl has its uh i think this will be the fourth anal uh fourth <laughs> annual uh single fin surf picnic uh sometime in april i gotta pull out that date <laughs> but yeah we do it we're we're uh you know i'm glad you dropped that because i'm very proud of this and i don't really brag too much about the things i do and i do a lot of good things but uh i have permitted, bragging. i've permitted three <laughs> events for legal drinking on the beaches of San Diego since the uh, the beach ban, and I've navigated the permit process properly. Speaking of city of San Diego, mm-hmm. so it, in the theme of this rain that's just gone nuts, um, one of the other things that's gone nuts in the city is uh, mad road construction. Oh, yes. And I know that there was a big ballot initiative, but this thing started before the ballot initiative. Right, right. These are these are all CIPs that everyone's experiencing. These are capital improvement projects. But they're everywhere. everywhere. They're like rabbits without fences between the boy and the girl rabbits. Well, San Diego really waited, and in most cities, really wait to do their infrastructure till it's absolutely crumbling. So this is a sign and a signal that will show the people... That's how bad it is underground. These pipes are just corroded. I mean, the hard water is getting pretty hard here. So um, 
when you're making the turn on off of Balboa onto Morena, you do a roundabout. Morena <laughs> is all about the roundabouts. And um, it's super interesting that right in the middle of a roundabout is a construction project that's been covered by those giant metal sheets that they put on. Oh, yeah. Do you think that metal sheets are particularly good in the rain? Um, I, I think they're like a near death experience. I don't know every if they time. slide. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh um, my goodness! Not and they're not idea. not the ones with the grating in them that like make your tires stick to them or cut them up or do whatever. These things are just sheets, right? On a roundabout. Yeah. I mean, so they've taken on all of these capital improvement projects all at once, and they like run out of materials. There's like some beer cans holding some roads <laughs> together somewhere. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, well, the one on uh, Balboa and uh, what is that? Balboa and Marina Boulevard. Yeah, that's actually the trolley. Right, they're they're doing all that pre stuff uh, for the trolley that's going in there. But yeah, a lot of this is is happening at the same time, and the roads, like right when you think the roads can't get any worse, they get even worse. I mean, drive down Ingram and PB, and you you, you get what I'm feeling, and it's happening all over the county. But thankfully, this stuff's happening. Uh, it needs to happen. It sucks. We all got to put up with it for the next couple of years. Um, but we need this stuff done to our infrastructure because it's crumbling. No doubt about the fact that it's crumbling. But the timing is just so notable. We've just gone through five years where you couldn't buy a cup of water in the atmosphere. Right. And nothing. No construction, no nothing. Yeah. So then they just said, hey, let's break ground on like 77 projects at once. Right. And then what happens right next? The very next thing is the heavens open up and they just don't stop. Right. And I mean, San Diego is, has no sump pumps anywhere. You go to Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever it is, you're not finding a sump pump. I don't know how the city has them. They also don't have basements, so they don't really need them. Right. Well, there's things do flood, though. You got uh, crawl spaces that do fill <laughs> with water. I learned that. I was doing the housing thing. We have a crawl space. <laughs> oh, I got to check it, actually. Uh, is it a koi pond right now? Uh, that's a good question. I, oh, I didn't even think about that. I think I need a sump pump. <laughs> oh, jeez. So um, I'm going to finish with one sort of fun homeowner story. Um, when I got my house in La Jolla, um, which I didn't buy, but I um, rented, but had really fun homeowner-esque experiences with because the landlord was generally non-existent. Um, one of the fun things that happened was that um, a family of raccoons moved into the ceiling. That's racist. What? Oh, raccoons. Raccoons. Oh, okay. <laughs> um and Sorry. so you could hear him scratching around up there and you know my kids live there and i got online of course which you should never do because it'll scare you and you'll never sleep again and they're like yeah and then if they congregate then they'll break through the drop ceiling and they'll land right on your kids and start Oof. biting them in the face they could be rabid right yeah so we had to go on we had to hire a specialist Ooh. who then like put traps up there right which the raccoons are smart. Yeah. I mean, they want to fight you. Yeah. And if they can avoid trouble and not fight you, they'll do it just so they can come back and terrorize you the next day. Right. They remember. So there was a spot. This was Mount Soledad. So the, the raccoon could do a little raccoon hop and hop from the hillside onto the roof really, really easy. And not the raccoon, but the gang of raccoons. I think they were crips. And, um... <laughs> So they would come over, do the raccoon hop and jump onto the roof and then go inside the attic space. And they had a whole 
complete catacomb raccoon man cave yeah. all up in there and they were having parties and drinking pbr and rolling spliffs going super big and we had no idea how to resolve it and we were so defeated by it that we would sit in our house terrorized by the raccoons that were over our head and we would take our kids rubber ball and we would just throw it at whatever noise was there maybe that'll scare them <laughs> those things can be mean man so, they're tall. Did you ever see one stand up on its hind legs and luckily no call you out like, yo, motherfucker, this is my house. So we got the specialist and the specialist came out. And he's like, yeah, there's like eight of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, he's like, do you want me to get the crossbow? Oh, just kidding, because I can't do that. Oh, man. So I'm going to put the I'm going to put the cage out for a second and we're going to see whether that works. And then we're going to have to do something else. What'd you put in the cage? Like donuts? Right. You know, tuna, whatever. Yeah. And so the cage didn't work, but they would migrate in and out. So we figured out a time when we catch them when they weren't in there. And then we resealed all the ways that they were getting in and then stopped the entire thing. But then had to do, you know, had to get the landlord who was just ignoring his phone. Right. You know, um, hey, you're going to have to do some cleanup and send him a bill for 800 bucks for that, 400 bucks for getting the raccoons out and doing the entire thing and then um oh it was super rough but that was never over the raccoons never gave up trying to and they got these little raccoon hands oh yeah that, i mean i think that raccoons can steal a car stereo out of a hyundai <laughs> I, i'm sure of it they they, they got all they're kinds crafty. of things they're you know they got wrenches they can use tools they're you know they, crows work for them you know they, <laughs> they got, look out <laughs> They, they got everything going for them. And so as long as we were patching this stuff, they were coming back and clawing at it, trying to get at it. Oh. So the only way we could come up with a solution where we could keep them from perpetually trying to move back in is we went to Home Depot and we got the motion sensor light, but then we didn't hook it up to a white light. We went to Spencer's Party Gifts and we got a strobe light. Oh. So every time the raccoons set off the... Um, motion sensor, a strobe light would come on, and they can't deal with a strobe light. Wow, that's smart. And so that's the only way that we could keep them from continuing to try to like be our roommate. How did you figure that out with a strobe light? That's that's interesting. The interwebs. Yeah, I mean, what happens? You know, it's four forty-five in the morning. Right. Right. You're supposed to go work Wu Tang Clan at Fourth and B the next day, yet the raccoons are having a rabid party up there. Right. And what do you do? You look on the interweb, like, how do I resolve this? Right. And they're like, hey, they don't like strobe lights. Like something, strobe lights. Somebody in a forum in Arkansas, well, what I did, and <laughs> you're wow. like, yeah, they're interrupting me cooking freaking crack. <laughs> well, on that note, we do have a guest. Hey. Hey, so we're going to go try to coax the guest to actually appear after listening to this first segment. And uh, George Padilla joins us in about 30 seconds. This must be some mistake. George Padilla, you've been avoiding us, avoiding coming onto this podcast for no less than four months. I have. We've booked you Mm -hmm. and said, hey, it's time to go. And you've said, oh, shit, I forgot I'm going to be anywhere else until i heard you had a thousand listeners and i was like no i'm gonna be on there <laughs> do you play for the san diego padres uh, no okay 
I don't play that. any sports. I don't have to. Not that Jorge Padilla. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, because we booked you, and then what happened? Uh, a couple of times, uh, I go back to the desert a lot. I live in, uh, my parents live in Coachella and I go visit them a lot. And, uh, and I'll, and Joe will tell me, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna podcast on Wednesday at seven. So Wednesday at six 30, I'm like, Hey, let's go. And he's like, Hey, um, bad news. Something happened. We're not going to do it for four months. And then the next week he calls me and he's like, Hey, um, we're going to podcast in like 10 minutes. Can you be here? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in Coachella. I can't. So, it's so that's fault. happened three times, Joe. You've done that three times. Way to blow it. See, I brought structure to this podcast. You did. I like it. It's it finally here. Woo. And I'm here. You're welcome, so, uh, three <laughs> listeners. We got, we got 29 <laughs> more minutes, and this is what we can expect. Yes. That, that's, just not, that's just not the truth. Well, uh, Mike doesn't know this very much, but Joe knows this. I don't have... There's nothing cool that I'm going to say on this thing. There's really nothing that I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I got, you know, like, I'm not going to tell you my cool drug stories of the 70s or anything like that. Then we could just make fun of Joe the whole time. I'm going to make fun of Joe most of this podcast because I, I don't like know you, you very well. And, hey. uh, and Joe's heard most of it. So, <laughs> no, I'm uh, all right with all that. Hey, so just to um, get some background, you are from the Inland Empire. I am from the Inland Empire. Yeah. And um, how long ago did you move here? I moved here in March. And so, had you ever considered living in San Diego? No, I'm a diehard Raider fan. Uh, Raider fans. I'm a diehard Raider fan. Uh, it's just one of me. I'm just big. And, uh, <laughs> and so, I hate San Diego Chargers. So I'm going to say that and piss off Mike, probably. Yeah, you're pissing me off already, man. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it, it it's too easy. But So, then, had you ever been here? Yeah, I've been here a ton of times. We came to that Raider Charger game, the ninth home game of the year. Yeah, for the Raiders, we come to that game. How's your quarterback doing? Whoa! Wow! Seriously, wow. bam! See, there's lines, man. <laughs> bam! Lines, man. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon in the podcast to go straight for that. What? Yeah. What do you want from no, me? No. So yeah. then, six months. I mean, lots of people don't like San Diego. I actually living in Los Angeles. I, I found a funny reverse contingent. I, San Diego hates Los Angeles. It's like a national mm-hmm. thing. If um, you're in San Diego and you're thinking about going to Los Angeles, God, oh, do, do I have to? Ugh. That's going to be awful. The traffic, they're so weird. Um, there's some people in Los Angeles that like seriously don't like San Diego. I don't like those people. It's it's weird. They're not actually from Los Angeles either. They've just you know gotten into the sort of Hollywood mentality, and they've gotten into the nothing good really ever happens down there. It's really nice if you need to blow off steam for two days. We got better Mexican food. Noticed. Yeah, I mean that's an easy one. That you do. I, I got 15 years experience in Los Angeles to tell you you're absolutely right about that. Is that enough for me? <laughs> How about for you? You're here. I, you know, when, when people ask me, where do you get good Mexican food? Because that was a, that's a huge question. You get this. Oh, if, if you looked oh, yeah. Mexican, you would get this. True. But <laughs> you would get the, hey, where do you get good Mexican food? And I say my grandparents' house. My Bam. mom's house. Like, I would, you know, I don't, I don't know. It all, it's, it's meat and a tortilla with a little bit of lettuce and good salsa. That's Mexican food. That is Mexican. So you've been down here for six months. Yeah. How are you enjoying it? Uh, I like it. The, I mean, it's raining like crazy today. It's rained like crazy, uh, this last couple of weeks, but it's, it's not, uh, the desert is 120 degrees for about three months. Oof. And that's, you've done that for 35 years today, 35 years today. Happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. you. Feliz cumpleaños. Just so you guys know, that's how, that's why he brought me on the show. 
This is my birthday present. That's not. This is a complete (laughs) blind incident. And I can't re-gift this. This is the (laughs) the worst part. (laughs) I can't be like, hey, does somebody want to do the second half of this podcast with Joe? I th- that's not what I thought you meant. I thought you meant like you can't like have me on your podcast for my like hundred and seventh birthday. No, I already week. told you I don't do anything cool. So <laughs> no. <laughs> do you guys work together? How do you guys know each other? We do, but um, in keeping with how we generally do stuff, I think the worst thing we could ever do is talk about work. Uh-huh. Yeah, Joe's scared that I might tell him uh, the dir- uh, tell the listeners uh, the dirty secrets of Joe because Joe I, I, technically I the I, only thing I will tell you is Joe technically is my boss. Joe is uh, runs the music box, and I am the bar manager. Mm-hmm. Unless you're super hot, and then I'm the uh, uh, director of F and B. In the San Diego area, oh. you know, does something cooler like that. So, <laughs> but but what Joe? Yeah. So manager. so Joe technically being my boss, you know, and 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 um, he can yell at me for certain things, and or not yell at me, but I'm saying like, get, I can get in trouble through Joe. He's oh. the, he's the manager there. But because of the differences of of our companies, the way they work. And all I my can, bad habits. And all his bad habits. I can actually just <laughs> piss off Joe to the point where he doesn't know what to do with me. So he'll go yell at somebody else that works there. He'll just go rip a security guard a new one and be like, the guy was like a minute late. Like, why are you Why are you yelling at that poor guy? He's got a family, you know. Do you work for BBC? I do work for BBC. Ah, do you know what BBC stands for? Uh, <laughs> depends on. Big black cock. <laughs> So I tell, it's funny because I, you know, my card. Is this the Raiders thing? Yeah. <laughs> sure. My card says BBC on it, and I really wish it said best beverage catering a lot bigger than BBC because, you know, you tell, you tell somebody like, hey, where do you work? And I, I work at the music box. I run the bar there. And it sounds cool. Right. And then I give them my card, and they're like, what the fuck is BBC? BBC? Like, That's is this a pervert test. Yeah. That's a pervert test. Like, here you go. And if they like, like British. British yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine giving that card out in PB. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, whoa, Pornhub. Sweet. Yeah, seriously. There's no website on here. What's going on? <laughs> right. So Dirk, is Dirk your boss? Dirk is my boss. Uh, uh, he's more than, yeah, he's, he runs the, he runs all of BBC, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, he's so big we never see him. I bet. I, like, seriously. He's like, he Mr. he's like Mr. Marriott. Like, you've heard of him. Right. And you see the back of him sometimes, like, leaving someplace, some really cool place. But, right. Yeah. He's um, my neighbor and your ex-neighbor, like, within a half a mile. Yeah, yeah, he was there, or is there? It's probably still there. Uh, not really. That's like one of the houses. They, they're yeah, busy. BBC is kind of more a San Francisco place, right? Oh. So they have a uh, in San Francisco. They have a bunch of stuff. They have um, uh, Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. Uh, they have a lot of that kind of level stuff. That's wow. like eighty five hundred is an amphitheater, not amphitheater, but like uh, uh, arena and. Um, Whew. Yeah, big stuff. Yeah, no wonder we never see him. <laughs> right, and then they actually um, yeah. they they got started doing uh, catering for UCSD, and then they branched out, and they didn't get big here. They got big in San Francisco, but um, all the while they also carried this small festival from its very very first bar service, which I went to Coachella One. That's I did too. I'm, and um really yeah Ooh. i got i got to do something for andrew mckeg real quick andrew's been on the show and uh and andrew's awesome he used to work with been on us what also. show uh huh been on what show he's been on this show hasn't he no what am i ruining it for oh 
My bad. Now to get on the show. He hates the way. Did you did you hear him say Coachella? Say it again on the mic. Coachella. Coachella. No, no, no. Let him say it. Coachella. 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 Yeah. What's up with that? What are you What are you doing? I can't correct him. (laughs) (laughs) He's incorrectable. He's like sixty. You can't. Coachella. Coachella. Anyway, <laughs> Here, wait, real quick, a tangent. Uh, my daughter does gymnastics. She's like two years old, and her coach is Ella. So we call her Coachella, which is the right way you say Coachella. Yeah. Coachella. I'll Coachella. never get it right. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> okay, so you went to the very first one. That's I awesome. Did. You know way more about BBC than I do, by the way. So, um, <laughs> like already. It's I, crazy. Me and, me and a, a friend of mine, two friends of mine actually, we just decided at the last minute to drive out. It was only one night. Uh, it was Rage Against the Machine, Tool, and Ben Harper. Oh my gosh. And um, we did not have tickets. We drove up into the parking lot mm-hmm. and we walked up to a guy who looked a lot like Fuzzy and gave Fuzzy $50 cash and walked into the first Coachella. Nice. Nice. I, dude, Tool had those contortionists come down, right. and Rage was amazing. Didn't Madonna play on that one, or was that the no, year two? No, yeah. no, that's when they had the other... Okay, yeah, that was year two. Yeah, it, it was super fun to go to the first one. You, you knew it was going somewhere, but it was also um, a crazy behind-the-scenes scuffle that caused a whole ripple effect nationally in the concert business because they lost so much money putting together Coachella One, that Golden Voice, the company, was completely insolvent. Whoa. And so uh, Concerts West slash AEG, the giant Colorado-based entertainment company, who's also trying to buy the Chargers, um, they um, bought Golden Voice in what amounts to a garage sale, but left the guy who started it in charge and said, just go do that will take care of everything else go do the coachella thing and deliver it but they lost so much money the first year wow and i didn't know I, that. I think that they, it was actually a giant crapshoot that um they're like hey what if we just put up 10 million dollars in obligations and only make five million dollars and see who buys us oh i literally think that was the plan and if we don't, we'll be Thelma and Louise, and we'll just hold hands and go over the cliff. <laughs> and if we do, this. And this is what occurred. Right. That's crazy, right? Uh, a couple of years ago, you can buy um, artist wristbands from some third-party dude, you know, sitting at a bar, getting free drinks because he had three bracelets. You could buy a wristband, uh, artist wristband, for like $4,000. Th- $4,000. I'm good. I went to um, I went to Outside Lands uh, not this year but last year, and there was a band uh, and it was uh, named after a guy. The guy's stage name is Fantastic Negrito. Whoa, Fantastic Negrito, and um, allegedly somebody in his camp read right here him directly um, was selling their spare artist wristbands because they heard about the four thousand dollar thing. And the, another planet promoter, which is the Golden Voice of San Francisco, caught him. And they caught him dead to rights selling their artist bands to strangers for big money. And so they kicked him off of uh, Outside Lands. The Fantastic Negrito, his set was replaced by a bunch of really fucking atrocious comedians. 
So we actually, for some reason, stopped and looked at what was replacing, because he was on our list. He's done a million shows since. He really was he deserving of being on a giant festival stage, and that is his hometown. But they replaced him because they were basically saying, oh, so you're scalping our artist tickets? You're off. And so they capped him. And then they put, I, I, I can't tell you, it was pretty much the worst stage show ever at any California festival ever for 33 minutes to replace him just to make a point. Hey, don't sell our artist bands. Wow. Comedians. <laughs> yeah. That's and not funny. So, yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, when, it. when, when comedians go wrong, <laughs> I'd sell that shit. I'd still try to sell those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. 4K? He tried to, he tried to he, say that his personal assistant or tour manager or somebody had done it outside of his knowledge. Uh, Stacy, you're going to have to take one for the team on this. Okay? <laughs> I promise I will get back to you. I'll give you half. Yeah. So but if they're getting 4000 bucks for him for Coachella, they're probably getting 2500 for him for uh, Outside Lands. Yeah. yeah, that's just big money. And if you're a, a guy, you know, making twenty five hundred for a whole show, then you can get one for a band. You're you're doing it. I'd say. Yeah, I, I haven't been to Coachella, Coachella, thank uh, you, thank since you. I think the second year. I went twice. That was it. That's it. That's it. It's I was a whole another world now. I was like I was just over it. I I I want nothing to do with that thing. I really don't. <laughs> it's just too much. I, I it's too much. I shot myself in the foot in a way that I can't describe. I literally called. I, I one of my friends is uh, uh, their national touring marketing guy. He's a San Diego guy. His name's Derek, and um, I, I literally called him. It's sort of embarrassing. Eight years ago, I'm like, hey, so I really want to go back to Coachella. Said it wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. No, I, really, I hear it every time, bro. Every time. Like, every every time. time. I thought I was the only one. nails on a chalkboard. I thought I was saying it wrong. <laughs> I, I almost said it like that once, and I'm like, no, fuck that. No, but now I you're going to keep saying it because you're going to try to catch yourself from saying it. But I don't want to drive my car and park in the lot, so <laughs> can I get dropped off backstage any way possible so I don't have to deal with your parking lot? And the, he's like, no. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I, I literally called them like, that's the last question. Like, I'll go to your festival, but I, I want to go just for one day and I don't want to deal with uh, parking. Ugh. Yeah. I don't deal with any of that. I just, I don't know. I think I'm an old man now. Apparently not. But I, I just, I don't know. I just don't like massive crowds. And then there's that thing where there's like so many stages of music and it's like, dude, Hollow Notes is playing while Pepper's playing. Like, what am I supposed to do? I've been doing a lot of festivals. I, I'm not in a cave. I, I went to Bottle Rock. I went to FYF twice. I went to um, some other one, some other important one. I, saw you, the, I saw you at the Casbah ones. Yeah. Does that count? Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I get out like once or twice. But um, I've been going to them. But, man, that Outside Lands one, that's pretty much the best one. Yeah. Because my brother lives maybe 10 minutes from the gate Ooh. in San Francisco. And he and still, so, and he still gives you a ride. So you don't have to walk. No, those you Uber. Minutes. No, <laughs> no you, I take him. Yeah. He's on the handicap van. And yeah. Here's take the other up. thing. You just got a limp people. for, you just got a limp for like 35 feet. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like nobody looks at you funny. So for old people, it, outside lens is great because they're, they're done at 10. They got a curfew like Coachella. Oh, wow. does not <laughs> it doesn't now stop. you're trying harder <laughs> no but it goes to it goes to it doesn't go super late 
it, it it's got to be done before it's midnight, like south by really. southwest it, it has its own thing until whatever two in the morning and then there's after parties that that is uh, that's true it's the a 24-hour thing the after parties and the and the secret after parties and the secret secret after parties those are the ones that you know they start at seven in the morning when the sun's coming out or mm-hmm. and so do the secret secret after parties still have beverage service by bbc there's there i don't know about them i they're, they're that secret i don't i don't know i have no idea he's good he's really good yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you're welcome dirk so um you're a raiders fan fuck yeah. the raiders i'm yeah. sorry that's yeah, right your Tourette's no. acting up jeez where'd that come from so then um, i get sympathy from everybody right now not in just not the charger fans they still they won't let up no like uh, like like chiefs fans that just took the division away and they're just like hey man i'm really sorry man like my grandma that's died. just the nature that's the nature of kansas city though they're nice yeah i went true. i went to a i went to a chargers <laughs> game in watch, and we beat them and the guys down the hallway instead of like punching me in the mouth and me losing teeth were like hey man great showing today it's because you're white, and that was another white yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah, dude, that was some essays in the bathroom at the urinal. There's some. There's some. Fucking no, please don't talk to the essays at the urinal. I was, uh, that is not safe. That's the I was at that game that we <laughs> threw away uh, the playoff game against the Patriots, and I watched those guys beat up Patriots fans. Yeah, it was that was a bloodbath. Yeah, that was, and so that's what I'm thinking when I'm going to all these other cities and like, oh no. I stopped going to the Charger Raider games. I'm a season ticket holder for like six, seven years, something like that. And I stopped going to the games. I just started selling my tickets. I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to go anymore. I fight every game I have since I was a little kid. It's just, I've got a mouth and I usually throw the first punch. Try to, especially at Raider games. And I just, I've never gotten um, arrested at, at, at that stadium. For fighting, Raider fans, <laughs> goals, and uh, you know what I mean. I mean, I've fought in the bathroom, parking lot, uh, in the seats. I mean, it's, and, and I'm not a f- scrappy guy. I just have a big fucking mouth, and I can't fucking shut up. And it just, it just, yeah. So my buddy, my buddy is a is a big dude like me, and uh, and he's and he's kind of like you. He'll. He'll walk around and he'll scream at people's faces. He'll scream at people's kids. Like if they have a Chargers jersey on, oh, he'll be like, mean. yeah, and it's just like, dude. That's too much. Yeah, with a beer in his hand, with beer breath. Oh. And, uh, and he does that kind of stuff. But he's, but him and I, being, we're big dudes walking around. Like, like, they're like, no, those guys will probably kill us. And I haven't been in a fight since like sixth grade. <laughs> like my fingernails are so clean right now. <laughs> they're, it's like, I don't, do, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, but because I'm with him and he's such a big dude that they're just like, they leave us completely alone. Yeah. yeah. Except but he's cops. totally the dude. Like if I go, if I go to a bar with him, we went, we saw the, uh, the Houston game at a bar and, um, in La Quinta and, uh, and there was Is a that Broncos. How you say that word? La, La Quinta. Quinta. La Quinta. Uh, La Qu- I, stayed at, I stayed at La Quinta last night. He, Joe has probably said that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a, a sprinkle of, uh, of Houston fans just to be jerks. And then there's, it's all Raider fans. It's all Raider fans. It's the Mexico City game. It's crazy in there and all this oh. stuff. And there's one Bronco fan. There's one drunk girl Bronco fan. Oh. And my buddy Pumba picks her out and he's just like, fuck the Broncos. Right in her face. Just right in her And I'm like, she didn't even talk to you. She didn't even acknowledge you. And now you just ruined everybody else's day because now you two are going back and forth and fucking each other's teams. No, fuck you. No, fuck your no, team. Like, fuck you. Yeah, seriously. And oh. it's just like, why, dude? Why? 
I, uh, yeah, I, there was one time. Okay, so so half my family is Charger fans. The other half are felons, um, Ra- aka Raider fans. <laughs> and and so we're always fighting. Um, there's always infighting. Um, but there was one time that that a Raider fan and I had a a good moment, a good handshake, and a good to see you, homie. I was in uh, Cowboy Stadium, the old one in Dallas, uh, not this new grand one, but it was a Vikings Cowboys game, right? And I was I happened to be there wearing my Charger jersey. And then I'm in the sea of fans, and there's another Raider. There, there's a Raider fan, and I go up to him. I'm like, "Hey, man, we're we're alone on this one. I got your back. That's cool. That's cool." That one time, you guys had a moment. We had a moment. That's cool. We had a moment, and I, I'm proud of that moment. Then there's the moments in the bathroom, man. I remember this one time I was walking out of the bathroom. You have a lot of trouble in bathrooms. You should just stop talking to people in bathrooms. I, you <laughs> just know, leave them alone. <laughs> they're they're hey. not there for you, man. <laughs> I, that's just because it's, it's echoey and I'm loud. Okay. I like to whistle, and you know. So uh, so I'm walking out, right? And then these two Raider fans are walking in, and what do I say? Just like Raider fans going in the out, and they, they didn't like that. Just like Raider fans yeah. is like, is that the N word for Raider fans? Like, it's just so bad. Like, I can't, it like, it, it, it drives me nuts. It's got to be a Raider fan. Just like a Raider fan. Just, just like, like a, a Raider I wasn't even talking to you. You bugged me. You, you, I was just trying to pee. And Mike comes in here in this urinal and he's whistling. Like, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So um, the Raiders are going to play the Houston Texans. Yeah. And um, that game is going to be televised on ESPN. And um, we'll put this link up. And I, I shared the link earlier with George. And ESPN, for some weird reason, paid $100 million mm-hmm. for the one game to broadcast it. Wow. To put this into perspective, CBS paid $45 million for the entire college football season that it just broadcast. Wow. So... There doesn't appear to be any financial or logical sense as to why it occurred. And so uh, a bunch of accountants have done the math, and it appears that no matter what ESPN does, they're going to be $75 million poorer the day after Houston probably beats the Raiders because they don't have a why quarterback. Not? Why? There's four starting quarterbacks in that game. Right. So you don't know that. Right, hey, Houston has their problems. Yeah. It, you're in trouble if they, they, you're in trouble if they don't start uh, Osweiler. If they put Savage in, and you, you just got nobody. That guy was at JUCO. He was at Chico like two two months ago. We'll go back to the money in a second, but I gotta say, the the losing the division turned out to not be that bad of news in my opinion because that's sixty more minutes that Connor Cook gets to play. And I, and I really hope he does well. The, f- the first thing he said out of his mouth was, this game's a whole lot faster than I thought. And, uh, and he's going to get the reps, and he's going to do that, and he's going to get that. The guy's an incredible quarterback. At the very wrong time on the planet. Or, dude, some people strive at that kind of stuff. Some people, ben Roethlisberger strived in that, pl- in that how many spot. Time, but seriously, and honestly, you brought up Ben Roethlisberger. How many times has it happened, though, since you've been really paying attention to football in the last 20 years? Like it's happened. Like, like who was Tom Brady before Tom Brady? Who was Roethlisberger before Roethlisberger? Uh, uh, those were both um, mid-season uh, quarterback changes that worked out really, really well for them. Who's the kid from Ohio State that won 
those three games in a row, it was incredible. But to, just to put it in the same context that you're throwing at us, um, what happens when the main quarterback goes down and they put this guy in late in the season? This guy gets mowed. And it's happened a bunch of times. It happened to the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers recently. And those guys you know, had stellar performances for them. And it was nowhere near good enough for a playoff win. You show me somebody who got tossed into the mix and turned into Prescott from the Cowboys in, in the playoffs. And if you get tossed in at the playoff level at the end of the season, it's it's a lawnmower accident. So they're playing the Texans. Let's be real. You're playing the Texans. Like right. you're, you're not playing the, the the Chiefs. I'll give it to them, especially because they beat the the Raiders twice this year. Their their defense is incredible, but. Why not give them, you know, give them that opportunity? Just speed up that game a little bit for them in real, ga- uh, real game time decisions. And in who knows, who knows who comes out of that? I mean, I do get it. It 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 rarely happens, but it has happened. I feel somehow that like every <laughs> am I one of am, these am I coming delusions? across is like I really hope they win this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I just called them delusions. I didn't yeah, need um, to say it yeah. right there. You just I dug have your ticket. own grave. I have a ticket. I, as I was saying it, I was thinking about it. I was doing two different things. I was talking and thinking about something totally different. I have a ticket in my pocket right now that says Oakland Raiders uh, twenty to one for the championship. Yeah, you bought that before car went down. I bought that before the season. Wow, way before car went down. Yeah. That's why they sell those tickets. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Um, are we going to talk about Trump? We are. We're about to go into that right Whoa. this second. That's a puto right there. Hey, that um, is a segue. Hey, you had a prediction. Yeah. Your prediction was super... Accurate. Prescient. I'll look it up after the show, but go ahead. Right. So you, you thought that he was going to win it, and tell us why. Uh... Well, you didn't set me up at all, so I feel like i got to remember. No, it was <clears throat> because they didn't want to admit it. There was a lot of closet Trump fans. There was a lot of, uh, and, and, and people just didn't want to get involved in the conversation of, hey, uh, who, who are you going to vote for? And if you said Trump, your conversation was going to go one way and one way only. South. Yeah, yeah. really fast. Yeah. And, uh, but if you said anybody else anybody else even even uh, Carson. uh yeah and then be like yeah you're just an asshole like you just see <laughs> oh you're a waste of vote uh stein jill stein like oh great you're one of those but if you said trump it was gonna be a pain in the ass to explain yourself and say why and yada yada and uh still is yeah and i and i mean it wasn't even fucking close it right. wasn't even close oh, was what crazy. wasn't close the election of how I mean of of from what the experts thought anyway from right. what everybody Wait, thought yeah. was going to be it wasn't I, even I read you. yeah it wasn't even close to that I I, I want to sort of take what he just said and put it into different words. Um, George is convinced that this was a Pearl Harbor election that so many people wanted to vote for Trump but just couldn't tell anyone that they wanted to do it that when election day happened it was an emancipation. So all these people who just couldn't say who they were going to vote for suddenly rolled out and said, I'm going to make America great again. And it wasn't evident in California, but in the other 49 states, uh, especially places that never happened, like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, what George is saying actually did occur. 
that all these people who had actually voted for Obama turned on a dime and voted for Trump and made this happen. And no one, they, they didn't tell anyone, they didn't participate in polls for the exact reason. They were embarrassed. They didn't want to have stigma conversation. So they, hey, I'm not going to tell anyone who I'm going to vote for, but I'm certainly going to vote because I got a plan. Right. Shit gets real at the polling station when you're by yourself, all alone, you and the ballot. How do you think all these people feel right now? Do you think they feel emboldened like this is going really well? I don't know. I, I have these little conversations with my friends and, 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 and they hate me because I'm, I'm the guy that's like, I'm, I'm not waiting for the United States to burn down to say, I told you so. Right. You know, I'm not going to be like, I, 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 I feel like a lot of my friends are waiting for that. Right. Like, like you see, he sneezed and didn't wipe. I fucking told you he's a piece of shit. You know, he eats like, pizza with a fork. What a fucking weirdo. Like That's they're just rummy. waiting. Yeah. They're just waiting. He says Coachella. What a fucking <laughs> jerk. La Quinta. Yeah. I, I hopefully this sneak attack awakens a sleeping giant. And uh, hopefully it's not Trump. That's a sleeping giant. Cause this is scary. So there's a super interesting take on this. Um, we are in the midst of right now um, a second coup. We had a coup in 2000. Uh, the George W. Bush people uh, basically pushed the election their way, despite not winning the popular election and not and not really having uh, legal precedent to do it by forcing the Supreme Court to decide the election. And then we got things like uh, Iraq and 9/11 and a whole bunch of really bad stuff. And then. Um, we're in the sort of same spot now where Trump lost the election by three million popular votes, but through the Electoral College, he's um, coasted to a relatively easy election win. And we have a lot to deal with. We have a lot to deal with. Um, we have on top of all that uh, a big huge lateral shift where before the Republicans were not allowing a Supreme Court justice to go until a new election happened. And so instead of having a 5-4 Democratic Supreme Court, we have a 4-4 court. Uh, and um, that uh, perspective justice has just been sent home. And so now Trump is going to pick that guy. Mm -hmm. Right? Plus anyone else. We have about a million other of those kinds of consequences about to happen to us. And then in the back of all this, we have this crazy, the Russians made this happen scenario. Now, I'm not saying that they did. I'm not saying that they didn't. Assange is saying they didn't. Assange is clearly saying that they didn't. But... All I'm saying is the whole entire press corps, the whole entire uh, oppositional community is saying, you guys are completely misunderstanding this if you don't understand that the Russians completely fixed the election. A guy I really trust, a guy named Matt Taibbi, came out and wrote an article about three days ago. And he said, this is the exact reverse of the false press front that led to the Iraq war. You don't have any proof. 
You don't know about any sort of election manipulation. You've got signed affidavits from the FBI and the CIA saying for sure the Russians did it. But you, the American people, you, every politician in the land, you, everyone in the world, if, it's the, if, if we're the leader of the free world, then everyone needs to be sure you take one more step than you did in the lead up to Iraq, that this is not enough. Right. That you can't just take the signature of the FBI and the signature of the CIA. You can't take it anymore. Right. They're, they're, they're not the intelligent force of last resort because they lied the last time. So, and Trump said that. He, he did. Hey, this is not an endorsement of Trump. Right, right. It's not. <laughs> I see where you're but, going. But you absolutely, you're not done. If you think your opposition to a Trump presidency rests on this particular situation, you had better start over or have a whole lot more ammunition before you go to war. Damn straight. You know, there was something uh, Trump tweeted that I agreed with. Whoa. Whoa. This is going to get weird. And this, this to me, gives me a little glimmer of hope. It was about uh, how the, the Republican-controlled House uh, had their first action, right when they went back to work, had uh, voted to uh, put, restrain the uh, OEC, which is Oversight Ethics Committee, that oversights all of you know the House and everything, all you know, politicians, stuff like that. Trump tweeted, like, I don't remember exactly what he tweeted, but he basically tweeted, hey, uh, can we do some other things? Can we not make this the first priority on the list? And then they redacted it and, you know, they, they, they went in reverse. But uh, Trump actually pointed it out. Now, he didn't say he was um, against their decision, but it was just like, hey, don't we have some bigger things to worry about? So I kind of think, and we all know I'm anti-Trump, but I kind of think, you know, at, he, there was one times where he was a Democrat, right? I guess he's whatever best suits him. So it gives me a tiny bit of hope that some of these decisions may go, well, my way, like a liberal way. Hey, so look, I don't have time for hope. This is a bad time for me. The other guys won. Um, I, I, I'll probably do okay Personally, isn't that what isn't that kind of the shitty part, though, that you have to say it like that? The other guys won. So when we have this whole and this is going to get weird because my friend's going to hate me because I'm not political at all. Like I failed political science. Oh, that was that guy. Us saying that there is an other side that and but but you say it with the conviction of I really like it's a team. It's a team. And our team lost. What did we lose? What exactly did we lose? Who are we? We, um, yeah, I, don't, we I don't know if I got that deep, but we, <laughs> we, gave a, like, we gave a portion of our government to the Russians who are essentially a new North Korea on steroids. That's what we lost. I, I know, but uh, no, I, I get that part. I get that part. But what I'm saying is because of this, uh, this two party system that we have, that, that, that it's not Trump that, that is the Republicans. You know what I mean? It's the Americans, right? It's all of us that are Americans, and 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 we let them kind of split them, split split us up into some weird thing where you can say something like they won and we lost. I, I feel before, what you're saying. before before anything saying. happened, before anything is happening right now. And yes, th- th- it's a stretch, and uh, w- especially what's going on with Russia right now. You're we're not going to know the worst of it until it's way too late. And, that, and that's the that's the reality of it, and that's the shitty part of it. Shit, I think it's already here. We're just not hearing about it. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you never know about it. But um, 
anyway, sorry, I cut you off. And it, no, I don't. I don't. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, I we're, we're there's a, some big trouble. I, I said on a previous podcast that I was kind of hopeful for this because it was going to create some chaos. And somewhere in the chaos, there's going to be some accidental millionaires, and that I've done pretty well in some adversarial relationships with the politics at hand. I, I, I did really well when Bush was president. And so I had said previously, hey, so maybe this will work out. There's some way bigger problems. Um, there's some Russian proxy problems. There's uh, a lot of... I, you, you were saying this in frame, like, that Trump is a Republican. And I want to be super clear that I don't think he is. I think that the Republicans are super thin-skinned opportunists who are trying as a last-ditch effort to save themselves, latching on to Trump, who just beat them, too. He beat them in their primary. No, you're right. He sent them home. He sent Bush home. He sent Romney home. He sent Romney home twice. And he's sitting in the White House, and he's wearing their sweater. It's got a big R on it. And he's like, I'm not really a fucking Republican. I just whatever. That but I'm was in the, this bitch. I just, I just play a, one on TV. It's a <laughs> it's a two party system. So I had to take one of those parties and I had to make them my bitch, and then I had to run the rest of the way to the White House. And now here I am. Now all of you on the R side, you work for me. Look at Ryan's Priebus. Yeah, he's now my. He gets me coffee. Right. Damn. That's yeah. He gets me coffee. No, that's he's nice. right. And so and um, the Democrats. The Democrats had. Every possible scenario in probabilities and statistics land, that was not an easy word to say, um, they had every possible scenario to take everything, and they took nothing. They are a defeated minority. I, I honestly think that Hillary Clinton is on suicide watch. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. And so both of the two parties in the bicameral system have been sent to pasture and who is our president-elect? It is essentially a puppet of Vladimir Putin. I said that name wrong, too, didn't I? Uh, I don't know. Vladimir? I don't know. I would have said Puto, but... Yeah, that guy's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> He we shall like, see. He just looks like a fucking weirdo. No, I mean, and it sucks, but we do have to play that we shall see game. That's we shall true. see. Yeah. I, what, what I'm nervous about is is the Russian thing, of course. And I was saying that before the election, uh, or during during the election. I'm sorry. And uh, I, I think Hillary was a guarantee of uh, of us going head to head and toe to toe. So maybe we could avoid that somehow. And there was a lot of false news that was doing that. There was a lot of false news that was out there. And they were saying, hey, she's a hawk. And she's going to create a lot of conflict no, with she Russia. Was just, she was just and the they next four years the same of time, They were saying, She was unfucking approachable dude. She was so uncharismatic. Trump is going to be a good friend. And they're going to get Russia into the fold. And we're going to be one big happy family. There was a lot of false news that was putting that line out there, distributing it. I don't know if it's... There's a lot of false news, yes, but she was just the next four years of the Obama administration, and Obama crippled Russia with sanctions, heavy sanctions. And Russia knew that they, those sanctions would continue throughout her presidency. How long has Vladimir Putin been president? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. Where's your Ask Google little machine? Yeah. Where's Alexa? Alexa. So, Alexa um, yeah. They they had the guy Medvedenko and he was a president for a while, but he was not really. And the um, Putin was uh, essentially just reduced to prime minister, but he was still running the entire thing. Uh, four of our presidents have come and gone in the time 
that um, Vladimir has been in running Russia. Where's the advantage there? The advantage is clearly with them. We have to give up probably two of the best presidents we ever had and um, trade them in for really bad options. We traded Clinton for Bush. We just traded Obama for Trump. So every time we kind of have things like the unemployment rate goes from 15 to 4, we trade our president for Trump. Ish. Like, what do you think would have happened if Obama would have been able to run a third term? I think he would have creamed him. There's like not those same rules in Russia. And so now that guy just gets stronger and we got to go with two years of rookie moves with a guy with really bad judgment. Yeah, but what if George W. comes back and he's like, I'll run against him. Like, <laughs> then we had that guy again. I'm pretty sure that, that, is that George guy W. Bush cannot make a salad by himself at this point <laughs> he was okay you just said that and he was fucking president for eight years he was pretty sharp then and we're gonna have trump for four years at least isn't that fucking embarrassing it's not that trump's not sharp he's just not interested he's got a meter in his pocket it's like will this make me money okay no then let's tweet about it this is how i make money right it has nothing to do with are the middle class residents of South Dakota going to do better, even though they voted for me? It has nothing to do with that. Hey, yeah, but, but Ford stayed here. They didn't send the jobs to Mexico. They did not. That's not true. No, I know why. It's because they need skilled workers, not just laborers, to work on those cars. Not to mention the people that are creating the Ford cars are uh, they're they're they can't have the jobs are the the vehicles being made so far away. I wish that. Um, we had a podcast studio set up at the Music Box and that we could have this level of dialogue uh, in the 200 or 300 nights that we've you know, been sort of stuck there waiting for the disco to stop. Um, and we don't. Um, uh, everybody that's been paid at Music Box, Joe apologizes. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is great. I, I wish we had this kind of level of conversation and we could record it and broadcast and distribute it all the time, but we don't. So this is a special one. I'm really glad that you, you George Padilla, got a chance to come and visit with us. Thank you guys and, very um, much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Shout Pleasure. out to the Music Box and the bartender crew and the security crew that hope to download this and get to 12 listeners for you guys. You guys are welcome. <laughs> you guys are welcome. And uh, thanks so much to everyone else. Uh, a bunch of people in the Philippines and Burma and Saigon who have decided to like become listeners of our podcast and um, uh, whatever we can do. We'll, we were motivated to do a bunch more because we saw a bunch of activities. So, hey, here we are. Let's do it. Let us know. Thank you. It's FYA. We'll see you next time.